It's uh, really great to, to be with you today. Uh, thank you, Andy, for the invitation to come along. Um, Andy and I get together every now and again as uh, brothers and two pastors, and we get to talking about how things are going in the church. And one of the things that often happens is as we begin to talk about what's going on and what's on our hearts, we often find that God is speaking about the same things, taking us along very similar roads. Um, Recently, when we were talking, we were with my dad, um, we started talking about how the people of God can be encouraged to share their faith, that this, the whole thing of mission and evangelism belongs to the whole people of God. And it was just amazing that both of us had kind of gone there together. And in fact, I know my brother has been writing on this and has got a new book coming out, so a quick plug for him, um, in October, later in October, um, the book Soul Winner. But that was the subject that we, we hit on together, sharing Jesus. How, how do we do that with confidence? And I want to talk to you a little bit about that today to kind of make a contribution to this kind of current series on how we share Jesus well and with confidence. So I want to start off with a little bit of a story, um, which is uh, 20 years ago uh, when I was a student at uh, Bible College preparing for the ministry, I was driving along the road. And um, I was kind of feeling quite weighted, quite weighed, weighed down on that day. Um, and it was all about feeling useless in telling other people about Jesus. Here I was, a student of, uh, at a Bible college, and I, I kind of felt a bit of a failure. And it was really weighing quite heavily on me. Now, as I drove along, I saw out the corner of my eye um, an elderly gentleman sitting on a bench. And I decided to pull in and, and park. I, I got out of the car, my heart was thumping. And I, I was saying to myself, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to go and tell this guy what he needs to know. And so I went and I sat next to this old guy next to him. He looked a little bit kind of unsure. And uh, I, I greeted him. He gave me a, a, a reply. And then I just, I just came out with it. I said, I just want to tell you that God loves you. Now, what happened next? I'm going to give you a little multiple choice because people like multiple choices, don't they? A, did he begin to tear up? Did he say, I've been waiting all my life to hear those words. You don't know what that means to me today. Or B, did he fall down on his knees and begin to weep, begin to repent of his sins? And did I then lead him to Christ? Or C, Did he swear at me and tell me where to go? Okay, you've got a few moments to think about that. If we were really interactive, you could press the button. But let me tell you what happened. The air turned blue. He began to swear at me, all kinds of expletives, until it became really obvious to me, and not long after, that it would be good for me to leave the scene. I remember walking uh, down the road back to my car and looking up at heaven and saying... Well, God, I I think that went quite well, don't you? A couple of hours later, I was at the uh, college where I was studying. I was having the lectures for the day. And uh, towards lunchtime, I wandered downstairs to uh, meet the mechanic who looked after our car, a guy called Steve. And uh, we got into a little bit of banter, a little bit of conversation, sharing a bit of news. And suddenly, in the middle of that conversation, Steve said to me, so, uh, 
what's it all about then? And I said, what's what all about, Steve? He said, well, you know, all this Christianity thing, what, what's it about? As I started to tell him, naturally, easily, I shared my understanding of the gospel. I shared my story and he listened intently. Now, those two things happened on the same day. And if I was with a group of people and we were interacting a little bit around this, I'd get them to reflect on those two encounters. But I'm just going to leave you thinking about them as I move on and may come back to those those stories um, a little bit later on. I want to bring us to the scriptures. I want to open up a story from John's Gospel where we see Jesus sharing good news. And we're going to go to the master, if you will, to see how this is done. How do we share our faith well and with confidence? Who better to look to than Jesus himself? So Jesus is sitting by a well in a place called Sychar, which is in Samaria. He's tired. The disciples have gone off to get some food. As he's sitting there, a woman comes along from Samaria and she's come to draw water from the well. And Jesus speaks to her and he says, would you give me something to drink? She's surprised. You see, there's some history between Jews and Samaritans. You, a Jew, me, a Samaritan, and you ask for water. And Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God, if you knew who was talking to you, you would have asked him for living water. That's the beginning of this story, which we'll read from a little more in a moment. But I want to pause the story there and notice one thing. I'm going to be encouraging you to notice a few things as we travel with the story. The first thing is, how does Jesus begin this encounter with this woman? He asks her for a drink. A simple, everyday gesture, but loaded with meaning. I said already that there was a history between Jews and Samaritans. Hostility, historically, and Jesus is crossing a line, several lines here. He's kind of breaking through. It's an act of friendship in a hostile world. Every time we share our faith, the good news of Jesus with others, it is an act of friendship, or should be. We don't evangelise out of fear or shame, but we reach out to connect with people around us. And it's always an act of friendship. I wonder if you've ever thought about the gospel itself as about friendship, about our friendship with God. We understand in the scriptures that um, we are enemies of God, estranged from him. Our relationship with our creator broken. And Jesus comes to live to die, that we might know forgiveness and the mending of that relationship. I was recently talking to a neighbour. We were on a New Year's Day walk, so it's not that recent, a little while ago. And um, we were just chatting 
Um, the walk itself was uh, a move of friendship towards one another, a great context for sharing Christ. And I just got chatting to him and I said, you know, um, I've been finding <coughs> that uh, just lately uh, the whole, my whole kind of beliefs has somehow kind of simplified in my mind. He said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, I, I've been coming to understand that essentially at the heart of it is my primary relationship, my friendship with God, the creator. And if I kind of invest there, then everything else kind of flows out. You see, it's not about a whole lot of rules or a code of life or hoops to jump through or people to impress. It's about a relationship, a relationship of love. The gospel as friendship with God needs to be shared in a friendly way, making connection, greeting people, asking how they are, taking time to get to know people and to notice the things that matter in their lives. That moves me to a second theme. But before we come to that, let me just pick up the story from John's Gospel. You'll remember that the lady has uh, expressed surprise that Jesus should ask her for water. And Jesus has gone on to talk about living water. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and have to keep coming here to draw water. He told her, go, call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you're right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you've had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you said is quite true. Sir, the woman said, I can see that you are a prophet. Our ancestors worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews claim that the place where we must worship is in Jerusalem. Woman, Jesus replied, believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We should worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshippers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshippers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshippers must worship in the spirit and in the truth. The woman said, I know that Messiah called Christ is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Then Jesus declared, I the one speaking to you, I am he. Just then, his disciples returned and were surprised to find him talking with a woman. You've got to love the disciples, haven't you? Um, when, when they turn up and there's this big moment, the big reveal, Jesus has been artfully in conversation with this woman and leads to that amazing disclosure that revelation of messiah and the disciples come along and oh look he's talking to a woman 
I, I really love the, the, uh, the stories of the disciples in the Gospels because quite often they don't um, look like the sharpest tools in the box, do they? And often they just completely misunderstand and often they stumble around. And yeah, that's kind of encouraging in a way because we're disciples of Christ. Disciple means learner. And uh, God is incredibly patient with us as we learn make mistakes and learn by those mistakes. So today we're wanting to learn from Jesus about sharing good news with others. I've talked about um, friendship. I want to talk now about conversation because that's how Jesus operates here. Jesus hasn't come with a if you like a pre-prepared four-point gospel presentation that he's just going to lay out on this uh, for this lady. He interacts with her. He's in conversation with her in a way that hugely respects her, the journey she's on and where she is, her story. It's just an amazing, beautiful thing to watch. My sense is that conversation is vital. The art of conversation, good to learn. Um, I recently read a book by a guy called Doug Pollock called God Space. And it was all about the art of conversation in sharing faith. Doug talks about four qualities of conversation. I'm going to give you those right now. To listen, to notice, to serve and to wonder. Let me give you those again. To listen, to notice, to serve and to wonder. To listen well to the person we're with, in relationship with, is incredibly important and a precious gift. Actually, whatever that conversation's about, to be listened to well, to be taken seriously, to be honoured within a relationship is absolutely important. And we see Jesus doing that all the time. He is attentive to people. It's beautiful. If we listen well to others, then we will notice things. We'll notice what's important. And when we notice things that are important, we'll often find ourselves with the opportunity to serve, to respond in a very practical way, perhaps, to a person's need. Or maybe simply to pray. How often have you offered to pray for someone in a conversation? Someone who doesn't yet know Christ, isn't part of the, of the church community, but simply said, I'd really like to pray for you. Do you know, um, my experience has been, and, and as I've surveyed this a little bit, is that when you offer to pray for someone, rarely will someone say no, and rarely will they be offended by that. It's a beautiful thing just to pray for someone's back or for a situation that's a problem to them, uh, causing them distress. And sometimes we worry that we won't see the answer to our prayers that we hope for. But, you know, it really doesn't matter a great deal whether or not that person's back is healed there and then or later or not at all. The fact of offering to pray for someone does something. It connects. It opens that person's mind and heart to the good news of Jesus Christ. And it's really good to remember, and I just throw this in here, is that everyone's on a journey and... uh, 
connecting with where somebody is on that journey is important, but also remembering that you're probably not the only person who's going to be Jesus for that person in, in the next few weeks or in their lifetime. It's good to remember that we make a contribution often and it's not always our job to take someone to the line, to that place of commitment and surrender to Christ. Often we're making a contribution and there are many players. That's a releasing thought, isn't it? I used to be paralysed um, you know, when I wanted to uh, share faith with others because I thought that I had to give the whole story, that I had to get everything out there in detail, leaving nothing out and get the person to a place of commitment. And that would either paralyse me and I'd say nothing or I'd say way too much and the person's eyes would glaze over. Let's learn from Jesus about the art of conversation. Listening. Noticing what's important. Serving and wondering. Let me say something about the wondering because you're probably wondering about that. You know, it's never helpful to interrogate somebody in a spiritual conversation. So why is it? that you've, you've not turned to Christ? Why, why are you resistant to the love of God? It isn't a helpful approach, is it? But there are ways of going deep with people where you can simply use a wonder, a wondering question. I wonder what it is that really motivates you in the work you do, John. I wonder, I know you've, you know a little bit about the church, and, but what, what, what do you make of Jesus Christ? Who do you say that I am? Do you see how a wondering question is less kind of confrontational, but actually can go really, really deep? Let me just tell you a a little story of a a conversation that I had on an aeroplane. I was flying somewhere, I can't remember where, and I was sat next to a young lady. And uh, I'd kind of forgotten my kind of rule of what to do when you sit down on public transport, which my rule is um, straight away greet the person and get into a little bit of small talk because the longer you sit there, the harder it is to start talking to somebody. And I'd completely forgotten that. But so it was about a half an hour into the, uh, the journey and suddenly there was some help from heaven, if it were. There was turbulence. The aeroplane jolted suddenly and I said some really profound words to this, this lady. I said, whoa, it's a bit bumpy, isn't it? And uh, she said, uh, yeah, and she smiled, we exchanged a smile. And I said, so I'm I'm Steve, what's your name? And we got talking. God give me a little bit of help there. (coughs) Now, as we got chatting, um, I learned that this young lady was a lawyer and she'd um, just started her practice. And she's working for a big company in kind of corporate law. And uh, she was chatting and I noticed something. I noticed something because I listened well. I noticed that it was just a little heaviness in her tone as she talked about her work. So I asked a kind of wondering question. It's really um, interesting listening to you about your your work and I'm just wondering what it is that, (coughs) excuse me, what it is that motivates you? um, What took you in the direction of legal practice. Her eyes kind of lit up. She said, because I want to make a difference, because I want to help people who really need my help, the people who um, are on the, on the edge, people who are disadvantaged. And then she 
began to say, and I suppose that's why, if I'm honest, it's, I don't know, serving big companies when my heart is to serve those who need, really need the help. And uh, that led us on into me talking about how Jesus inspires me. Because Jesus is someone with a heart for the poor, for the marginalised, for the people who really needed the help, the people on the edge. She was really interested in that. And she was interested in how Jesus has inspired my life. And so we got talking. And it was a beautiful, natural conversation. Now, I share that just as a little example of how we might be in conversation, listen, notice, wonder, and share the gospel. Now, I'm not sharing it to boast. I'm not just going to look how good I am at this. In fact, um, I'm I'm really not in a position to boast because I often get it wrong, like the guy on the park bench. In fact, I've I've got it in mind (coughs) one day, excuse me, (coughs) I've got it in mind one day to write a book entitled when things didn't go to plan. I probably won't really write that book, but I have found that people are surprisingly encouraged when you include stories about falling flat on your face. And uh, because actually that's really how it is. When we seek to serve God in the world and seek to share our faith with others, it's not always one success after another. Relationship, friendship, conversation. I'd like to talk now about story. The story that we have to tell, that we've got to tell. We have an incredible story to tell. But uh, let let me ask you to just imagine something. You're in a lift. You're at the top of the lift. You're going down to the ground floor. It's a tall building, so it will take 90 seconds to get to the bottom There's somebody else in the lift with you who's noticed that you're wearing a cross. And he says to you, hey, would you be one of those Christian people? I've been wondering, what is this Christianity about? Okay, so you've got this incredible opportunity. There's 70 seconds left. What do you say? Now, you're probably going to talk about God's love. And you're probably going to talk about our fallenness, our brokenness, our sin, how Jesus came to live and die for us, that we might be forgiven, accepted, and know life to the full. And you've got 70 seconds to say that. And you know it's good to be able to do that, to know the gospel in shorthand, if you like, just as it's really good to be able to tell your story too, your story of how grace has come to you, of how God has loved and accepted you and blessed you into life, life to the full. And to be able to tell that story in not too many words is really, really good. But it's also important to know this, that the story is bigger than that. The gospel is richer than that. It's not confined, if you like, it's not limited to what we might see as a a narrow telling of the basics of the gospel. And knowing the gospel story is really important for us to be able to share the gospel with others. 
I remember a, a young lady who works for us in the church. She's not a Christian. She works in our playgroup. Um, sitting with her and with one other person um, in the room, also a, a, who was also a Christian like like me. And uh, uh, Heidi was saying, "Do you know? Um, I don't think I'll ever be good enough for this church business. I mean, if you knew what I got up to when I was young, um, if you knew how I treated my parents." And uh, Kat, who was there with me, said, can I just tell you a story? It's one of the stories that Jesus told. And she began to tell the story about a son who came to his father and said, Father, I can't wait for you to die. Give me my inheritance now. And taking what was given, the son went into a far off land. He wasted it on wild living and eventually returned home to his father in rags. Now, we told this story kind of together. It was a really beautiful moment. And we got to the bit of how the father, far from rejecting his prodigal son, threw his arms round him, revealing the heart of God to a broken world. And we could see that Heidi got the point. We didn't go on to lead her in a, a prayer of, of, of commitment to Christ because in that moment, that was what was needed. But you see... How knowing the story, the whole story, allows us to be able to draw what's needed and make connection with the person's life where they are on their journey. I think that's what we see Jesus doing here. Jesus brings the story of God's salvation in such an appropriate and beautiful and human way to this woman. Now, when she says, um, are you greater than our father um, Jacob, who gave us this well, he could easily have said, well, actually, yes, I am. But he doesn't. He gets artfully into conversation and he leads to that point through conversation around living water, through an amazing awareness, a supernatural awareness of this woman's life, which, when he speaks of it, opens her up to that incredible revelation, I am the Messiah, I am the one you're waiting for. So story. I want to just mention two other themes. And um, one of these I'll mention really quickly. And the other one, uh, just bring things to a close with. The, um, we've talked about friendship. We've talked about conversation. And we've talked about story. Do you remember there's God's story. There's your story. There's the story of the person that you're with. The next one will be situation. And I'm not going to say very much about this at all. But it seems important just to recognise that whenever we share good news with someone, there's a situation that we're in. We don't speak about Christ in a vacuum, do we? So that situation might be your workplace. It might be your home life. It might be the supermarket where you're shopping. Or it could be that kind of bigger kind of national situation. So let's think about the COVID crisis. You know, how many conversations have been started just by asking, so how has it been for you? How has lockdown been? What have you been learning through this time? Has anything changed? I've had the most amazing conversations with people because of a shared situation. But if we make that more of a micro thing and think about your workplace or your home life, do you realise that you have a unique calling in the world? There is a way of sharing Jesus 
that falls to you and you alone. Because of where you are, because of the gifts you have, because of the person you are, there is a way of sharing the gospel. I remember a friend of mine, uh, her name's Sonia, um, talking about uh, a working group that she was involved in. It was a bit of an action group. And uh, she had really believed that God had called her to be part of this, to chair this group, actually. And she was saying to me, you know, I don't know if I've got really what it takes here, Steve. I don't, I don't think I know. I said, you know wh- wh- who am I? And I said to her, Sonia, you're wrong. You're wrong because you know God led you there, put you there. And if he put you there, then he believes in you and he trusts you. And he knows that you're the person who's needed, his precious daughter in this situation. And what's more, he will be with you. I'm going to move on to the last. I'd love to say a lot more about situation. Um, Really just maybe leave you on that just with the prayer. Lord, show me. In my situation, in my context, what is the potential for seeing the kingdom to come? That's not just about sharing words about Jesus. It's about your whole life, your whole response to the place where God has you. Lord, show me. Open my eyes to my situation. Last, um, last point, last thing to notice. And I'm going to bring this to a, to a, to a close. Um, spirit, there is. There is friendship, there is conversation. Story, journey too, I said a bit about journey. There is situation and then there is spirit. And by that I mean this, that without the Holy Spirit, without the life-giving presence of God in your life, there ain't no evangelism happening, no how, nowhere. Because we do this with God. It is God's work before it is our work. The empowering presence of God in our lives. You can't have sharing Jesus without the Holy Spirit. Now Jesus at his baptism was filled with the Holy Spirit so that the Son of God lived his life, his human life, in the power of the Spirit. And in So doing, he demonstrates continually what it means to live like that. So we see him in this story, don't we? Um, Having a a supernatural insight into the life of this woman, her five husbands and the person she's with now, not being her husband. He sees that and he says it and that opens this woman's heart after they have a little theological conversation about where you should worship and, and Jesus puts in that that really powerful word about worshipping in spirit and in truth. But do you see how Jesus is moving with the spirit? Spiritual gifts are at play. Now we might say, well, it's all right for Jesus, son of God. But I want to tell you that it's all right for you as well. Because Jesus said, greater things than I'm doing, what do you do? We are also called to live in the power of the Holy Spirit And to use those gifts of the spirit, not just in the church to minister to one another, but also to unlock a few doors when we're in conversations with others. I um, have a favourite film, several favourite films. This one's called Night and Day. It stars Tom Cruise and Cameron Diaz. 
as um, two people who are on the run, actually, from an angry mob. And uh, the female character, June, is, um, she's had quite a day of it. She's seen all kinds of things that have terrified her. And they're driving along in a car, and June says to, uh, to, to Roy, um, just let me out, let me out. I get, it's dangerous being with you. I, I just need to be out of this car. So Roy drives her to the top of a multi-storey car park, and he opens the door, and she gets out. Roy follows her out, and she's about to go, and he says, let me just tell you something, June. Your chances of survival, your chances of staying alive, with me, without me. With me, without me. With me, without me. It's a brilliant scene, but often when I think of it, I sometimes sense God looking me in the eyes and saying, Steve, living this life I've called you to, with me, without me. Moses knew this. Do you remember there's a lovely story in um, Exodus 33 where God says to Moses, you take the people into the uh, promised land flowing with milk and honey. Uh, I'm not coming because if I come, you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you along the road. I think God's drawing Moses out here and Moses comes through. God says this, sorry, Moses says this. God, if you're not coming, we're not going. If you're not coming with us, we're we're not going. Moses knew something vital about the company of God, the presence of God. When Jesus gave the commission to the disciples to go into all the world, he said to them, wait first, wait. Don't move a muscle. Wait in Jerusalem for the gift my father will give you because the commission to share Christ with the world is done in the company of Christ in his power now I know that you know that I don't have to convince you of that what about spiritual gifts well spiritual gifts are as I said not just for the church the word of wisdom a word of knowledge a gift of faith Um, but uh, for us reaching out to others too let me tell you a really quick story and I'm nearly at a close I was with um, my sports masseur. Um, I have a sports massage once a month. And um, I was, he was doing some work on my back. And um, just in, the, in our conversation, I suddenly saw an image. It was a number 99 with a circle around it. And uh, I thought, wow, I wonder if God's given me a, like a picture um, for, for Tom. So I said to Tom, yeah, I, you know, and this is going to sound a bit weird, Tom, but, you know, every now and again, um, I find that sometimes I get a picture in my mind and sometimes that's uh, important, a message from God. So I described it to him. So here we go. Multiple choice. A. Did Tom say, yeah, that's real. That's uncanny. And tell me what it meant. Or B. Was Tom unable to speak for the tears because what I shared with him just went straight to the heart, turned the key? Or C, did Tom say, no, mate, no, I, I don't, that doesn't mean anything. So the answer is C. Tom said, no, mate, don't mean anything. So that's another one of those stories for the book that I mentioned earlier, except... But what happened next was interesting. Tom said to me, tell me more about this. 
That sounds really interesting. And so I began to tell Tom about some of the more successful moments of prophetic ministry. And he just drank it in and it opened things up for Tom. I tell that story just to say this, that actually, as we begin to use spiritual gifts and insights in conversations, we're not always going to get it right. But you know what? God can use our mistakes. God can use our mistakes and he works with us patiently, beautifully. A final story, and I promise this is the last one because I've been throwing out a lot of stuff today. And then we're just going to pray a little bit together. But I'm sitting in a cafe with my wife and uh, the, the guy in, who owns the cafe, we've, he and I have been in a little bit of a conversation over many months about Christian faith. And uh, he's uh, kind of sometimes open, often a little guarded. And uh, I remember one, one day was in the, in the shop and he said to me, hey, Steve, he said, um, I'm just looking for those footprints, you know, down the side. I said, what do you mean? Uh, he said, well, you know, that, 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 isn't there that story about a man who had a dream and um, there were footprints in the sand, two sets of prints? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, I know about that. I said, oh, I, I get you, I get you. And then, uh, anyway, we carried on shopping because uh, there's also a shop with a cafe. And I just felt God give me something to say to my friend. And I went over to him, I said, after I paid for my goods, can I just, I just want to make a little suggestion to you. He says, um, I know that you're looking for, you know, is, is, is this relationship, God that we've talked about, is, is that really for real? I says, there's a way you can, you can, you can do something. Um, something that my dad did many, many years ago. He simply said, God, if you're there, then show yourself. He looked at me uh, and uh, they said, and carried on, laughed it off. But I knew that that was what was needed in that moment. Anyway, that's not the story. Um, Ty brought some coffees to the table. He put them down and he said to my wife, um, this is for you. And he put the coffee down next to me. He said, and this is for Job. Now, I don't know why he said that. I'm not, I haven't had massive suffering in my life, but it was his way of saying a little joke. But it was what happened next that was really significant. As he said, this is for Job, and turned, I heard God say to me, soul winner. It just came, bang, like a flash. My reaction was immediate too, I laughed. A bit like Gideon, you know, when, when the angel of the Lord comes to Gideon and says, hail mighty warrior, and Gideon says, who are you kidding? I said to God, who are you kidding? But God was insistent, soul winner. And as I was preparing to preach, I got a nudge from God to say it to you, all of you, because sharing Jesus belongs to all the people of God in all the ways it can be done as you being you, joyfully, freely, not motivated by guilt or shame, but by the pure and beautiful mercy of God. So I want to say, soul winner. And I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you right now. But hear the words, soul winner. That's you. Whatever the past has held, however you feel about this, soul winner. May the Lord set you free this morning from past failures and hang-ups 
May the Lord free you to be yourself. Free you from the idea that you have to give the whole gospel to everyone you meet in one sitting. Free to play your part, to make your contribution to winning others for Christ. Soul winner. Soul winner. Now I'm just going to say a final word about those who may be listening today for whom... Well, your position is actually, uh, I'm hearing this for the first time. Or perhaps I'm hearing about the gospel, about Jesus, um, and it's making sense. And I want to do something about that. And if that's you today, then I I just want to encourage you to make a step. And that might be that you simply want to make a resolve and tell somebody I want to find out more about this. I want to look into this. Or it may be that you're ready right now to make a step, a jump, a leap, because there always there will be folk who are in that place ready to step right in to this good news, this story of God's salvation. And so if that is you, I'm just going to give you a little bit of a prayer that you can here and you can you can say after me as it as it goes along i'm not going to say it slowly but you might want to just make grab hold of this prayer and make a response let's do that right now so father god father god here i am and i need you i see that today like i've never seen it before i understand that your heart is full of love but I also know that my life is broken, that my heart is far from you. I want to admit that, Lord. I want to, I want to say that I'm, I've sinned. I'm broken. And I need your forgiveness. Lord, I'm just beginning to get the idea that Jesus came to live and to die for me, for a broken world. That when he died on the cross and shed his blood, he made it possible for me to know forgiveness and step into a new life. Lord, forgive me. Lord, forgive me. And I want to come home to where I belong and to who I belong to. So fill my life. Come in, Lord. Come in, Jesus, and amen. There you go. There'll be a a good prayer to get you going for some of you. I just want to say, and we're just going to wrap up the service now, that um, the family church would absolutely love to connect with you and help you in next steps. Wherever you are, actually, whether you're someone who's just interested or whether you just stepped into made a response to the love of God and family church would just love to help you with that there's a a little a little booklet here that they would love to send out it's called how to know Jesus it's beautifully written very simple and it might just give you what you need to take further steps but also if um, you need to just contact the church to kind of reach out to make that connection then probably the best thing is to uh, contact andy at family.church Andy at family.church. You can go onto the website, the Family Church website. If you want to email, then Andy at family.church.
Okay, we've, uh, we've got to the end and uh, I believe it's my job just to, to wrap things up, to thank you, all of you, for being with us, whether it's this morning or a little bit later on in the day or later on in the week. Thank you for uh, being part of this. And may I just encourage you to keep your heart open to what God's saying and what God's doing around you. And to know that you are precious in his sight. Precious in his sight. The Lord bless you and keep you and make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.